welcome back after a mini hiatus of one of the most entertaining, even if I do say so myself, British Ice Hockey podcasts out there as we pull the curtain behind all of the big moments and personalities and all of the triumphs and tragedies of the Cardiff Devils each and every week here on Behind the Bench. And I am Gareth Hewish, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. John Donovan. Uh, hello, Gaz, and uh, as it's the year anniversary, uh, am I right in thinking we're renaming the podcast? <laughs> well, we're going to have a, uh, a short meeting after this where uh, the votes have been cast, and we're going to count okay. them out and see what happens. And, of course, the man on the marquee at the moment is Mr. Neil Francis. <laughs> yeah. oh, Neil. I better take it for now. It's like you're not going to be there for long. Yeah. Uh, we've been away for a little bit since the Luke Rowe episode. That's that was right. our last episode where we were invited into the man cave. John, unfortunately, so even longer for you. Yeah, I can't remember what I was doing. Oh, my dad was ill. Yeah, my dad was ill. Um, he's always been inconsiderate like that. So, um, thankfully, he's he's better. And the next time he has a hospital scare and I've got the choice between this and the podcast, I'm choosing the podcast. <laughs> good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be and, back. And good that your dad is in, in better health. Yeah, I can only make that joke because he is in, in better health um, and still following the devil's fire... Uh, uh, he doesn't follow them by the webcast anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's still following the devils via Twitter. <laughs> oh, that's one listener, one viewer down. Yeah. Yeah. Controversy as ever. It's Christmas. Yeah, got the webcast running early, and yeah. there's a knock at the dad, and now there's only only is, the wife left. This is essentially the Christmas party episode, and the rule is <laughs> at, the, at the Christmas party you can you can say anything. Yeah. So back to the Luke Rowe episode. I'm still yet to post the photo of. <laughs> The stick, the coho stick from the Olympics. I must do that when I get home tonight. So we'll. Uh... What was this? I, 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 I haven't listened to this. You haven't so, listened. Yeah. Oh, I haven't listened. Yeah. Yeah. So not only does he not come and, it's been a busy time. and join in with the yeah. podcast, you haven't even caught up and listened. Record breaking numbers. Really? For that was podcast it? and not one of them from one of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> because when we started this, I only essentially expected yeah. six. Yeah. It was us three and people we yeah, knew. Absolutely. <laughs> but we got lucky on that score. But uh, you yeah, listen to it, John. It's good. So, I will. So but, just just to summarise, um, Luke got gifted a stick from um, somebody met in... What country was it? Was it Czech? Yes, yeah, Czech, 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 yes. Czech Republic. Oh, so you were listening. Well, Czech was back here at the time, <laughs> wasn't it? It was Czech was back here at the time. I just want, I didn't want to offend any Czechs or Slovaks by getting it wrong. But it was, yeah, it was... When he was uh, racing in Czech, mm -hmm. um, there was uh, a guy there that was well into his hockey, and uh, or it might have even been his father, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. something to his dad. His dad, and... yeah. So anyway, they got given this stick, which was used in the 1980, no, 1988, 1984. We weren't sure. Oh, we weren't Sarajevo, sure. Calgary. It was, it was 84 or 88. No, it wasn't Calgary. No. So Sarajevo, 84. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's... Yeah, it got used in the Olympics anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we're well, trying... Did we listen to this episode? <laughs> I'll listen to the episode <laughs> and just find out. Before I'm going to go out with the picture, yeah, I'm going to refresh my memory on the story <laughs> from Luke um, that he tells way more accurately than me. Um, so we're trying to track down and potentially we tracked him down to a guy that played for Fife and Streatham. Yeah. Um, so... As to whose stick it is. Okay. Maybe. And that's judging by the size. Um, so, a a so Czech Luke, player. Yeah. So Luke always thought the guy wore number four. Um, we had for, the, the, he's passed away now, but he had Fagala up at Fife, who was Czech. They, in, no, in, it wasn't him. In 89, they had three Czech imports. See, this is why we needed you. Yeah, it's too is, late now because... To be yeah. fair, we did spend the entire yeah. portion of that episode going, yeah. I wish John was there. <laughs> so Luke thought it was number four, which would yeah. be a big help. However, I pointed out to him that is the lie four, which is the angle where the blade meets the shaft of the stick. Okay. So I was able to bring some knowledge. <laughs> Good. Adapted, I just sat there at that particular point. That 25-year professional career came in yeah. handy. And then judging by the height of the stick, yeah. it wasn't a tall guy, so we were looking for a shorter guy. Not quite... Cannonball shorts for Japan. Okay. Uh, in reference to one of our, <laughs> our other episodes. Not quite that short, but yeah. I'm, I, I think around a five foot eight, five foot nine okay. guy, which is unusual for that era because they all tended to be a lot bigger, didn't they? Okay. So, so if you go to 88, 89, five flyers, they had three check imports. But I might have totally screwed up on the 84 or whatever it was. 
Olympics. It's not the guy who played it for Durham, was could it? Could have been 92. No, no. No, no. The guy, the, the, the Russian who came over in 1990 and played for Durham, Kashevnikov no, or something. because this was Czechoslovakia, yeah, not okay. Russia. Yeah. You're not even listening now. Didn't yeah. attend just, the episode. Now he just knew listening. the name of the guy. I, didn't he yeah, to get it. He played with Rick Rabanz that year. Alexander Kashevnikov. yeah. And there's six degrees of Rick Rabanz every week. He's done it in one. Well done. So you've got Rick Rabanz out the way. Uh, webcast out the way. <laughs> We've got to get Brabant on, haven't we? I mean, it might be a bit weird. He might be totally scared off. and He probably would. But, you know. He probably would. So um, you're saying 88-89 fight? Is that what you're saying? 88-89 because 89-90, they had Ferrer, Beausoleil and Mike Rowe. But so I think, yeah, Milan Figuela. Yeah, who became their assistant coach. I think he's passed yeah. away. And then they had Vincent Lukacs. That's yeah. the guy. That's the guy. That's, that's my, the guy that's my horse. Yeah. Although in the photos where I did look him up and find him, he was using a Titan, so I don't know if he would have switched uh, to. Uh, and they also had, um, yeah, Yindrich Korkament. Did he play for the national team though? Find out now. So it's good to have silence on a podcast. Or did Figala or. Um, Fagala, I think, played for them. No, well, no, but perhaps he nicked this other guy's Maybe stick and took it, to, took it to the Olympics. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he used to have back then. The, the Korkament did um, represent Czechoslovakia, but not in the Olympics. Okay, how tall was he? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was six foot. Yeah. Mm. What colour was his carpet? <laughs> <laughs> He's a laminate man. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern Europeans, you, know, yeah. you don't want to be too. Clash. He's one of the early adopters. Oh, okay. yeah, communism. We, we we've offended some people as well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it all out. I'm gonna tell Before you the Berlin Wall came down, everyone in Eastern Europe was laminate. <laughs> but you know, he was uh, drafted in round twelve, two hundred thirty-nine overall by the Quebec Nordiques. So yeah, you know, well, well, Yindrich Gorgman is now in uh, in our with my little have, have pilot. You, have you wa- uh, read or watched the the film uh, Russian Five about how Detroit, you know, got the the guys out of Ra- some of the stuff? It was sort of hiding in the boot of a car to come across the the border. There was well, nothing. There was I, nothing. Ivan Matula. Ivan Matula, of course. Got, a car was sent by the Edmonton Oilers to pick Ivan up at a practice, and he was put in the boot of the car. I don't think he even had time to say goodbye to his parents. Driven across the border, where if he'd been stopped, he'd have probably been shot. Yeah. Um, and that's how he got into to Canada. Amazing story. If you ever get the chance to sit down with Ivan, Ivan or Max Beerbrayer, yeah, around their history. Oh, Beerbrayer, yeah, yeah. it's story, absolutely yeah. fantastic. And there's another guy we should bring up in the podcast, Max. If, yes. if he can tell, if he can tell his national service story, yeah. that is something else. <laughs> and how he got out of national service to basically save his career because I thought he'd been two years yeah. out and would have lost his you know, just yeah. got drafted third round I think by yeah, New, New Jersey, Jersey. Yeah. Um, so yeah that's uh, that is a hell of a story yeah, he's it, a local as well, Max. We can get he is. He's, he's a he's a Panard Panard boy, boy, isn't he? Yeah. There we go. Home of the podcast. Home of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We don't, don't give too many more hints because uh, I've, <laughs> I've only just bought this house really. It's got a red door. <laughs> um, so it's been a year, gentlemen, that this podcast will drop around the same date as last year's, the Record Breakers. December the 28th was mm-hmm. our first episode. And what a ride it's been. John, your highlights? Uh, aside from trying to mention Rick Rabanne at every opportunity, <laughs> greatest player this country's ever seen, um, it's just, you know, uh, I have quite an unhappy marriage, so it's nice to come away. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's got to be Hang on, that's got to be a record. Yeah, it's got to be a record. Yeah. Oh, it's just nice to Wife come. Wife joke. Ten minutes. Wife joke in there too. Yeah. It's just nice to come away and, you know, chat hockey with, with two friends. So, um, no, I think... Um, and when they can't come. And when they, they can't come. Can, 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 I think uh, I think I've enjoyed all the episodes, but I think um, and and Gaz, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine you might say the same. I, the preseason episode I really enjoyed, particularly the the, the story about um, 
the recovering alcoholic in Hungary who was the Steve-o. tour guide, Steve-o. Big shout out to uh, L Train, Lee Richardson. Yeah, yeah. He messaged me to say he loved the stories, loves the podcast, <laughs> and especially you know, the recollection of Steve-o. I he, he was right there. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> I love the idea that Steve-o was clean for about 10 years, then met, <laughs> met, met Franny and the boys. Yeah, and yeah. Introduced <laughs> us to Unicom. <laughs> So yeah, uh, a lot of highlights and, and just sitting here, you know, shooting the breeze, talking about hockey's great. But I think that that preseason uh, episode and, and some of the details on the on the tours, uh, one punch, etc. On the uh, <laughs> on the French tour and then the Hungary tour, I think that's probably my highlight. Right? Yeah, it's, it has been really fun to to look back and um, I always think I can't remember anything about the history and uh, you know all, all the sort of years merge into one and then. When you got the uh, hockey encyclopedia <laughs> JD next to us, and you know, there's it's just weird that you know before I come on the, the podcast, I was saying, oh my god, I'm going to be quizzed on stuff I've got no memory of whatsoever. <laughs> but then when you mention something, it just all comes, comes flooding back, back and uh, you know, it's been really good to, to look yes. back at. And you know, it just sort of re-emphasizes what I already know is that you know I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, the best years of playing hockey Absolutely. and uh, so many, so many stories. Yeah. And you deserve the pat on the back, Gaz, because it was it was your concept, it and was, yeah. uh, you supply the beer, and <laughs> you, you basically you, run the whole thing. You run the whole thing, and we just turn up usually late. And without beer, well, I have been keeping a tab, so I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there will nice. be a bill at the end of this project right. for you all. But, yeah, uh, but one day, Gaz, when we're millionaires off this pod, then you, know, you, can, <laughs> you can take the beer cut out of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to launch our own spirit like this, won't yeah. we, and get, yeah. uh, get the, exactly. the yeah. top of that. Pink Whitney from our... What's been your highlight, Gaz? Because we never ask you questions. <laughs> I um, I don't think I've got a particular... I, I've enjoyed all the episodes um, for their own individual way, but I just think it's... Things like seeing the Devils versus Japan yeah. when I'm researching yeah. and that creating Cannonball. <laughs> this new character who you would never expect in no. a million years. I just thought it would be a quick few minutes. Oh, yeah. that's, quite an, that's an anomaly, isn't it? Yeah. But all of a sudden we've got... Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got a Waffy going out and killing, killing this, yeah. this Japanese player on the cusp of going to the Olympics and ends up in, in our Wales national ice rink yeah. being totally, uh, you know, sort of taking the mick out of. And I yeah. just, at no, no point when I'm doing my research, I always think, oh, there'll be a good story out of that. Yeah. Or I can't wait to hear the, the guy's like, reaction and what they're feeling at this certain time. And I always get that. Yeah. But it's just been these absolute offshoots. That's the offshoots. So, it's great. Um, Ken, like, Ken Priestley recommended players. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I never, oh, I no, never. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've also enjoyed the, the sort of reaction and interaction from ex-players. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. it's good that they've kind of got involved and, and added their own little tidbits and yeah, hopefully and I, they... I think they enjoy the sort of trip down memory lane as well, which has been really nice to yeah get that engagement. Uh, are we allowed to say that, that Trevor Hendricks has maybe requested to come on? And if any other players, former Devils, want to come on, I, I think we're running out of material, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I was speaking to him at, um, at the Wally game. Um, what was it called? Wally, Wally Night? Wally, Wally yeah. Night, yeah. yeah. Well, that... That's an episode in itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to see Wally up in the crowd, shirt off with a giant yeah. flag, yeah. <laughs> spray painted with a devil's yeah. head and the goat 88 on his back. Yeah. I don't think there's a player that's ever played in Britain that would have done that no. apart from Wally. And it's just nice to see a former professional athlete who's now in worse condition than me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how Wally played. That's yeah. his, he's at his fighting weight. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Hendo said he'd been listening in, and uh, yeah, obviously we gave him a, a couple of shout outs in the mm-hmm. in the Tough Guys episode. Yeah. That was one of, that was one of my favourites. Um, he's doing a great job with the, the sort of fa- the juniors. Fantastic and job, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know he's looking to grow that, and he, it's nice he's getting other guys involved with that. You know he's having a few. I saw Mo, uh, Jake Morissette was out on the ice with him, and a, mm. a few others. So. That's grown and grown and good for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said before, it's what definitely what Cardiff Hockey needs to, to have some expertise like that, specialising in certain things for the kids. Um, so hopefully we can get Hendo on. He's, he's reasonably local now. And, yeah. you know, he's soon to be a, a father as well. So good luck to him good and Laura with that. Yeah. So, so he's offered to come on. Obviously, you know, Shannon. buy some more beer. Yeah. Shannon, think, Shannon Hope let us down. Yeah. <laughs> I think Wally did as well, but he was about 18 beers deep at the time. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick with Wally for a second, because this episode, just to kind of fill you in, guys, this is just a sort of 
retrospective of the year and we'll do a little bit about Christmas as well as is that time of year and we'll, we'll sort of go into the weeds a little bit about what it's like as a professional hockey player at this time of year and some maybe some Christmas party stories <laughs> I don't know if that's the done thing we'll find out um but stick with Warriors we'll just do some potpourri stuff and uh, throw some stuff around regarded and I don't think there's any secret now what a joker he is and what a sort of you know lift of a locker room he was I don't know how many stories you're allowed to tell of <laughs> what he was like or if you've got one select one and on top of that who else over the, the history was Brent Walton level in a, in a locker room yeah well, I mean while he's pretty unique I mean I, I don't know if there's anyone that's been more popular with his teammates you know in, in like that sort of affectionate way you know obviously there's been guys that have been massively respected or you know the friendship but you know, in that affectionate way, everybody just loves Wally to bits. You know, the owners obviously do, and, and Todd, you know, to, to fly him mm -hmm. and, and Lisa over um, for that game. Um, and it's funny because that that will stem from a drunk FaceTime when we were in, <laughs> when we were in Graz. Yeah, it was it was Graz. Um, so the owners are obviously over for yep. the CHL games. Um, we the day before we'd had an eight hour train ride, which. Um, me and Todd and Corky spent with Steve King, Brian Parker, uh -huh. and Craig in the buffet cart. And that's a whole nother story. <laughs> that they booked us into the quiet cart thinking that's where, yeah. you know, professional sportsmen yeah. would want to be. But obviously they want to chat. Yeah. And one thing I've learned is that on a, a Czech or an Austrian border train, you do not say a word in the quiet cart. And it was gone. Brian Park actually facing up to a guy because the guy was trying to film him talking, <laughs> <laughs> which is something else we've seen. But uh, anyway, I digress as usual. Um, yeah, we we had, that that was the day before, so we'd obviously had a heavy one. Then we'd been at the game and you know loads of drinks. Then we went out after, and uh, everyone was having a good time. And um, we did FaceTime um, Brooksy and Steve Thornton mm -hmm. from Belfast because they were obviously playing in yes. Czech at the same time and they'd just been fined a thousand pounds, a thousand euros for Pelic's head hit. Yes. Um, so we decided, we like we're obviously quite a few beers deep <laughs> and there was a big group of us, all the, uh, the owners' families, and we decided to FaceTime them and be as rowdy as possible and we were shouting down the phone, our bar bill just came to a thousand euros, what have you spent a thousand euros on? <laughs> <laughs> so, and they were sat quietly in a hotel somewhere. Um, so, so there was that and then yeah we were just like we were sitting there and we were like right who can we ring and straight away Wally's name came out and it was yeah. just yes Wally yeah. so uh, Todd FaceTimes Wally and we don't expect anyone to answer <laughs> although it's a bit earlier in Canada and there's Wally answers with like a puzzle face and there's and he's in work so he's in work on loudspeaker yeah. where everyone's like screaming his name and just going crazy and he didn't know what's going on and so they literally passed the phone around the whole group everyone yeah. even those people that never met Wally yeah. were speaking to Wally and then Todd throws it out there we're having Wally night we're gonna bring you back on Wally night he's like are you serious he goes yeah yeah we're having it and true to his word yeah. Todd brought him over for Wally night Beautiful. So, so that's how Wally Night was born, and I'm so glad it did because it was a great <laughs> that, night. That was amazing. He um, present company accepted. I, I did a Q and A with him, and he, he was a fantastic person to do Q and A with, and he told lots and lots of good stories. But and that was emotional too. Oh, he really? In the first yeah. minutes, he was choked. He, 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 he was mean, choked. He was so touched of the whole thing about being yeah. asked to come back. You know, he, he kept saying, "I was here like two years, and I didn't play for yeah. most of one of those." But he made such an impression. I think I, I think this story was tongue in cheek. But he, you know, he'd been a great scorer in Denmark, and he couldn't get a job. And he told the story about how he emailed, you know, a number of people in the elite league, including Todd. And when Todd got back to him, he thought he was signing for Belfast. And, <laughs> and it's a true story. Oh, is it? It's a true. It's a true story. <laughs> and while he had reached out, on the, there was a thing called Sport Contract yeah. where. They were trying to get something going where agents could post their players up. If you're a player, you could post your details and you could contact clubs yeah. and like a social network for mm -hmm. just for ice hockey. And uh, and he Todd had picked up this message and early on it was it was probably me and Lorda doing all the recruiting. And then Todd just came in and goes, I've got this great guy, Brent Walton, ready to sign. He's gonna sign with us or Sheffield, I think it oh, was. Okay. Um well 
Wally thought it was Belfast or Sheffield <laughs> because he's looking at they're the top yeah. two teams yeah. in the league, so he's going to go to one or the other. And uh, Todd was able to get a contract out really quick yeah. and get like it swiftly signed and back to us within like ridiculous time and we'd signed him and then afterwards I think <laughs> you realised you come to Cardiff who just finished in 11th place yes. whatever it was yeah. <laughs> so that, that was true and it literally happened in that instant it was like this guy's available yeah. just won like three years in a row or something absolutely and you know top scorer yeah. and all that kind of stuff and you know there's YouTube clips of him dangling people and yeah, he can you know, stick wearing the golden helmet like we do in those leagues <laughs> and um, yeah so so Todd, the GM of Belfast Giants, so Wally thought, actually signed him as the GM of Cardiff Devils. Uh, and thank goodness he uh, carried through with that commitment. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. Fair to say he's one of the, the major foundations of, of the success that, that came from that year onwards. Yeah, I mean, we had the episode on you know throwing that team together in mm. record time and what made it successful were the people. You know, there's people on that team that are absolutely first-class individuals, you know, guys like Dougie Clarkson, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys like Wally and uh, Hendo, and all those such big characters, Carl Hudson as yeah. well, you know, Huddy, you know, without, he wasn't a guy that told jokes, but just how he was, had guys in stitches, you know, he's one of those that you could just like, cry laughing, yeah. especially after a game, after a couple of beers, he's just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And all, all that went into, you know, that close-knit team that then massively punched above its yeah. weight and, uh, you know, got us our first trophy, which, which set the ball rolling. I would like to see a bit more of it, but <clears throat> injuries to both of them kind of curtailed it. But second half of that year, Culligan and, and uh, Wally went on a line together, and I really like those two playing together. And I think Culligan got injured at the end of the season and didn't come back until about October, November. Mm-hmm. By that time, Walton was, was injured in the second year, but I, I really liked seeing Culligan and Walton skate together. Absolutely. Um, anyone match Wally for class clown over the years? Shannon is the obvious one, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Shannon, literally, that was him 100% of the time. Like, very, very rarely did. I mean, he did have a serious side when, yeah. you know, when the time was right. But, I mean, that was probably, you know, 0.001% of the time. You know, I put two decimal points in there. You can't do that, but uh, anyway, you know, you know what I mean. Um, it's not a maths podcast. Yeah, you're all right. Yeah, exactly. Anything goes. But yeah, you know, Shannon, you just n- never knew what was going to happen. Whether it was driving the bus around the services and watching the bus driver <laughs> run out from having his free breakfast yeah. or whatever they have in there, you know, and seeing his bus take off and absolutely bricking it. Yeah. To um, I remember we. I don't know if I talked about this before when we had the uh, we won the first Super League and then we had a reception at the Mayor's house yeah. and Shannon went in the toilets and me and a couple of the, the younger guys who probably yeah. Keats and Mans decided to be really funny because the, the Mayor's yeah. house is so old it's got like a key, proper key lock on okay. the bathroom okay. so he took the key out he went in there and then we locked it from the other <laughs> side and then, and then we were, ran off downstairs giggling to ourselves <laughs> thinking Shannon's going to be locked in yeah. the bathroom we'll leave him there yeah. for a bit and then next thing he was stood next to us. Hey guys, what's going on? Yeah. And as if nothing's happened. And we're like, Jesus Christ, who have we just locked in the <laughs> And what actually happened is Shannon's opened the bathroom window yeah. and slid down the drain pipe, come running through the front door, yeah. got into the, the front room before any of us yeah. and watched us come down giggling to ourselves and thought, I'll have it. <laughs> and, that, and that was typical Shannon. Without, he didn't even miss a beat. Were you there? And I can't because this is one of the games I I um, uh, re- um, regret not being. I thought you said Rick Rabant. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always it's on the tip of my tongue. Developed into my podcast, particularly after the beer. Um, <laughs> would you have been on the bench, or would you have been travelling the squad that night of that Nottingham game with Chrissy Kelland? Because I've never got to the bottom of exactly what happened there. No, I wasn't. That that was. I think that was my first year where I was playing up and down. Yeah. With the probably the under twenty ones at the time. Um, so I wasn't there for, for that game. So just to clarify, and I don't know, Shannon got banned for, there was a fight in the handshake. In the handshakes, yeah. But yeah. Shannon got banned for something like 18 games mm. initially for an alleged headbutt, which was then reduced, what have you. Mm. And uh, he's always, um, you know, maintained that it was it was a fight. Kellen yeah. dropped the gloves and, and went for it. But I didn't know whether you had any inside knowledge. No, no, I think him and Kellen do quite close at, yeah know, well, they yeah, played they, GB didn't they yeah I, I, and I'm not sure if they did play GB at that point but back then when there was 
three or four imports and you didn't you know there, there was some sort of um stable imports you know Karen yeah. had been there for a while you know the imports all knew each other yeah. i think yeah but something happened in that handshake and um as we know shannon is like oh, really tough guy. really really tough really really tough and uh, as was Callum. yeah but uh i mean definitely shannon had the upper hand that night and uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah, then there was a big scandal of a ban and all yeah, that. Yeah, it, it was. He was huge for a while. I mean, in the days of the three imports, having him out for, yeah. I think it turned out to be 12 games in the end, just kind of hurt us a bit. Different times. Different times. <laughs> Different times. Fun times. So, uh, Wally and Shannon, your top two. Yes. Top two. And uh, very well deserved. Yes. By the sound of it as well. And uh, has Weissler got his job? Or has all the social media videos of him... Uh, topless, you know. <laughs> I tell you what, he's probably still got is um, is the paint on him that he used yeah. to spray paint the Devils logo and Joey Martin's name and number. Um, because he said, I can say this because he said it in the Q and A with you, John. He used to when he was injured, he used to come in and get the boys fired up before the game by doing some kind of sketch, and they they were as crazy as you can imagine. Normally naked. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like to say, but yeah. So, and there was a whole host of outfits and, you know, he, in the end, he had his own budget. Todd, Todd would give him a budget that he could spend because I think he'd run out of using Colby's toys, toys and accessories. So, and they were always like superhero yeah. names. So you can kind of get the idea. So in the end, he, he'd run out of toys. So Todd used to give him something like 20 quid a game to go to Toys R Us, <laughs> as it was back then. And to, it still went out of business. Still, yeah, well, that's when he left. <laughs> um, he used to give him a budget to go out and get some outfits, and yeah. then he'd come in and he'd do his thing, and the boys would love it, and yeah. he'd go out there and, and you know, be successful. Oh, but uh, when he used to get dressed up, because I, I do remember him coming in, maybe he was painted blue as a smurf well, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I said to him about the smurf. Um, <laughs> He used proper body paint because yeah. he had the time to, yeah. you know, to, to go out shopping. He had the budget. Yeah. And anyway, this time he didn't. So he just grabbed whatever was in the dressing room and, you know, some guys spray their blades or yeah. whatever. And there was, happened to be red paint, but it was car paint. Yeah. So once he sprayed it on. Oh, so he's got Ford Escort paint on it. Yeah. He has got <laughs> like proper metallic uh, car paint on there that no matter how many, by the time he left Cardiff, which was probably three days after the yeah. game, it was still the same vibrancy <laughs> as it was when he uh, appeared in the stands Excellent. and on the ice for man of the match with it on. so maybe it's for life i don't know when he was doing the blue body paint and you know you get to those areas which are difficult to reach who who was helping him there <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't i, I know lord Ostara, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah attention to detail this is one of his strong points so maybe hey, that's a question for lordo Oh, can we get a load of on this podcast? That'll be that's one thing amazing. I bet we can never do. I bet we can never do that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> we'll see. We'll do it covertly. Yeah. <laughs> John, have you got any pressing questions or issues you'd like to, to bring to the fore? Um, just really, you know, when you've got a wife that is unhappy, what would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> you could ask for issues. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm more of the random question answer answerer, if that's a word. So um... I, I tell you, I just want to go back to you know going over the episodes and which was our favorite. Yeah. I think, I think maybe my I don't know. We we always said that was our favorite episode after each one, but I really <laughs> did enjoy doing the devil that never was. Yes, like that. Remember the line? Well, I I no. All I remember is getting showered at, and then I, I blacked out. Layman and goal, <laughs> elf. Fring and Neil Martin? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Jason Ruff was centre. And I know who wasn't centre, which was Dan Tessier. Dan Tessier wasn't centre. I think that's... Keith made it. Keith made it, yeah, he did. Keith made it, and and was it Adam Calder? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. A lot of wastage there when you think that Carlson didn't make it. Yeah. And I I, I do think, like, like the, the biggest choice for me on that is... Whether we made the right one on Keith over Debian. Yeah, that was yeah. Debian I liked a lot. That yeah. that's the episode I probably not not regretted the most, but I've gone home and, and thought about the most because other names sprung. Uh, <laughs> I was struggling with defensemen, and I later in the episode I said about Kelman himself because I thought he was a good defenseman. Uh, as much as you might like him or or not like him, I I wish I'd put forward Corey Nielsen because I always enjoyed watching Corey Nielsen play. Can we bring him up? 
I think he may have had an honourable mention at some he point. An we mention. didn't really get it. We didn't really dig down on I, it. At all. I wouldn't have put him in the lineup because I wouldn't have wanted him on my team. No, no, no. no. Not a Corey fan. Want to go, go, go into that further? No, or? I just, I don't. I just think that he's always come across that it's about him, mm. and I think if you're building that. You got a podcast named after you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, John. We might change the name. It's all right. And I did not name it. <laughs> um, no, like yeah. Some of the things that the way I've heard that he's spoken to his players, and you know, I think there, there was a classic. They lost um, to Sheffield, I think, in the playoff semi-final. Mm. Obviously, it's in Nottingham, and he went out in the papers the next day. And he said, and, and you know, they obviously asked him what went wrong. Yeah. You know, I think Chef and Nottingham may have been the form team going into it, and they lose out to to Sheffield. And he, he said, "What what went wrong?" And he goes, "My players weren't ready." He said, "I was ready." And uh, and he and he basically said how he was doing his job. Yeah. And the players weren't up to the level that he was. And this is when he was player coach as well. Yeah. He said, I was ready. My players weren't ready. If they had been as ready as I was, then we would have had no problems. And I always think that's okay. a dangerous place yeah. to, to go. And I've also heard him um, in training when a player can't do a certain skill, comparing them to himself, where I would always think a coach, it's probably a lot smarter whether you compare them to what one of his teammates is yes. doing, you know, and ask them to look at how yeah. they do things, not say watch me, watch how I do it, because I just think that comes across as really arrogant. No, no. And for that reason, he's out. Nielsen, <laughs> Nielsen to Clark on the power play, that was great for about three years though, wasn't it? Yeah, and it just it used to bug me how we didn't pick it up, you know, and didn't cut off that lane. And uh, and then I think Ling And then Ling came on. in. Yeah, Ling yeah. came on, and I remember he, he did exactly that thing on the half wall, where he slotted it across to Clarky on his off wing. He's got a great shot, yeah. released top shelf, and he come past our bench, and he's like, I can't believe you guys didn't even pick that up. You must know where I'm going by now. And it was true, it was true yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We don't get to talk about other uh, players much or other teams much. So when we're talking about a guy like David Clark, yeah. um, where does he, he rank for you an all-time best Brit Brit British player in, well, of all time, really. I mean, his record yeah. is... I, I think what Clarkey brought as a British player that puts him ahead of the rest in this category is is a pure goal scorer. Yeah, goal scoring. Because yeah. you don't often find the Brits as that pure goal scorer, primarily because they may have been goal scorers at junior level. Junior level's not as high as it is in, you know, North America or Europe or whatever. So when they get brought up into the system and it used to be a lot younger back then, didn't it? You know, you could you could break through into the team a lot younger. You get given that grinding role, don't mm-hmm. you? So then You've got to go out and be a grinder and be a third line guy, and um, you know your primary your primary objective is not to get scored on. So you maybe lose that bit of offensive touch that you did in the juniors, because you know most of the British guys come through; they all led their teams yep. in scoring, all power play guys. But Clarkey, he managed to get a shot in that slot where they put him with two good imports mm-hmm. and put him on the power play right, and you know in the uh, right in the shooting lanes and. Uh, and he sort of absolutely reveled in it, didn't he? And, you know, his yeah. goal-scoring record is phenomenal. Uh, I completely agree. I, I don't think David Clark sometimes gets the recognition amongst British players as he probably deserves. He, you know, maybe he doesn't have the vision of, of Tony Han, probably doesn't have the, the hands of, of David Longstaff, what have you. But for pure natural goal-scoring, probably the best natural goal-scoring Britain. What I always, when we were doing research for, for commentary, what I always um, looked at about him was just his longevity as well, because I completely forgot he played Super League. He yep. played some games Newcastle. for Newcastle, and you know I always thought he was Peter Burt and Nottingham and, and what have you. So this guy d- didn't just you know do it one season or two seasons. You know, he did it consistently for best part of a decade. He, he tested himself abroad when he went to Italy. So I was always a big David Clark fan. You knew what you were getting. He, he wasn't going to go coast to coast, but give him a pass in the right area and more often than not he's going to end up in the back of the net is his legacy not as much talked about because of the lack of league titles possibly uh, that's probably a good point um in not you know he always had those iconic photos he was the first one who started off with the trophies over the plexiglass and, <laughs> and what have you so you know he won trophies but what just the the one league title um that, that's probably a, a a fair point um but again yeah i'd say he he you know 
Tony Hand, you constantly saw him in motion, and and David Longstaff, you probably constantly saw him in motion. David Clark came alive, you know, sort of top of the circle um, when the puck was being fed to him, and that's a skill you probably can't teach. And I think maybe we didn't value it, but yeah, David Clark, I thought was a was a great player. Yeah, I mean, the, the only one that you know, for, as a gold British goal scorer that that comes close to him for me is Robert Dowd. Yeah. You know, he's got that ability too, where, mm-hmm. you know, you can put him on the top line. Yeah. And, you know, he'll deliver um, a lot of goals for you every year. So, you know, Dowdy, I thought the one year when Dowdy was in Belfast, I always remember speaking with Max Beerbrow about this, and we thought he was the best player in the league yeah. that year, which is, you know, again, a massive accolade for, for one of the British uh, players. It's a superb player. And I'm always, Tony Hand stands out and the stats say he stands out. In my mind, I always have a little bit of debate about the best British player because I, I was a huge David Longstaff fan when he started off mm-hmm. at, at Whitley, and you know he played in Sweden and and really did well in Sweden. Um, I'll always champion Stephen Cooper as a defenseman who, who could have played you know import level. So you always look at Hand and rightly so, and he's known as the British great one and what have you. But I think Dowd is great, and and I've always thought. Longstaff was was right up there as someone who probably a bit different to Tony Hand as well. Didn't just have the skill and what have you. Also had the size that he could go and play in the corners and along the boards. So I don't know. What yeah, I mean the thing you got to look about Tony Hand was a great player and you know one of a kind yeah. because of the the vision that he had and you know you read those. Really, there's some really interesting articles about when he went across to yes. North America and you know he was in the Oilers camp yeah. and it like second only to Gretzky well, in terms of Sather his, said he, yeah. he it's in the because I've got his autobiography Tony Hand's autobiography and Sather who writes the forward uh, yeah. forward to the book says apart from Gretzky Hand had the best vision on the ice yeah which is which is ridiculous um, the one thing that he had a, a massive advantage I think over the likes of Clarkey and Dowd is that he was able to sort of nurture that talent. I mean, I think he was 14 when he was in yeah. the Murrayfield team. And then the level was so much lower that he was a go-to guy at such a young age. Yeah. He was on the power play. So he got to hone his skills in an adult league at a lower level. And then he grew as the game sort of went on. But you know, even then, I mean, he was probably 19 when he yeah. went across there. And he was obviously a phenomenal talent. Um, but you know, these other guys have had to come in, like I said, into like a grinding role to yeah. prove themselves defensively first. Um, but then he managed to do that and persuade their coaches to give him a shot on the top lines and, and still deliver from that. So, yeah. you know, fair play to, to the guys coming in to the highest standard leagues, uh, you know, for making a name for themselves and getting those opportunities. Do you ever thought Paul Hand used to get really annoyed? Because Paul Hand was a decent <laughs> player in his own right, but, you know. Well, he played like he was annoyed all the time. He, he played he? like he was annoyed. He through the boards from behind, yeah. <laughs> No, for all for all that Tony was graceful, Paul Hand was. What about uh, the third hand? I mean, there was another. Oh, the the, the mum was it? No. Mrs. Hand. No, <laughs> I thought she was behind the bench at Murrayfield just shouting at people. No, the other brother who runs uh, David Hand. Oh, oh he runs the team runs, now. He runs yeah. Scottish uh, ice hockey association. Yeah. yeah, he must be really annoyed. He must be really annoyed. Well, then I guess then, the, then he went to be top dog yeah. in, in the sky. He's the, ice hockey he's the Keith Gretzky of the Hand family. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, imagine that over Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Tony's day. Yeah. <laughs> All his accolades. <laughs> um, we always look back on this podcast, Chris, like a bit forward because we're talking about Tony Hand. What's the bigger achievement, Hand getting drafted or Liam Kirk getting drafted? Oh, that's a that's a good question, which I haven't prepared for. Um, None of us are prepared for today. <laughs> I, right now, I. And I don't. I mean this with no disrespect to Tony Hand at all, because as we've just said, I think if he'd stayed in Edmonton and, and signed that contract um, with the, the the junior team, he could have gone on and made it. The reason I'd give an edge to Kirk at the moment is he's injured over there, and 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 you know what has he done a season and a half now yep. uh, in a in a different environment. I think he's starting to to put up points and 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 uh, so. I don't know, again, Tony Han might have a, a little bit more natural skill, but I think Liam Kirk is a, is a great player. And in terms of actually making it work and staying over there and being rated to stay over there, for me, you'd probably at the moment have to give it to Kirk. Yeah, one thing you've got to look back at Tony Han. So he went across um, and signed for the WHL team. Victoria Cougars, yes. I'll tell you that because I got it right here on the prospect. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to get away with that. I could yeah. see you reading it. I was like, no, nah, just go with it. <laughs> he played three games, three league games for them and put up eight points. Yeah, that's impressive. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah. I mean, that would have put him... I mean, and I think people were expecting him to maybe lead that league that year, yeah. in his first year, which is phenomenal. And to put it in perspective, the jump from the standard of the UK to the WHL yeah. at that time... Yeah. Was... You also have to think who the... I'm swinging back again now because Franny mentioned that Glenn <laughs> say the quote of best pl- player on the ice apart from Gretzky or best vision apart from Gretzky. You talk about an Edmonton team that were dominant in that area and you're talking about Messier, you're talking about Glenn Anderson, probably Yari Curry, Paul Coffey. Hey, do you think Glenn Anderson bought Tony Hanna's stake with his credit card? Maybe. Devil's credit card. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. maybe, yeah. Somebody picked up the bill. It wasn't Glenn Anderson. <laughs> Sorry, John. No, no, no. But it's, a, it's a really good question, guys, because... It's unfair of me to say this because I, I understand why. I, from a British ice hockey fan, I was always annoyed that Tony Hand didn't stay over there because I think he could have made it and I think that would have been great exposure because um, Tony Hand was a superb player. So I really admire Liam Kirk for, for kind of making this work. Um, but then, yeah, when you're talking about that Edmonton team of the late 80s winning all those cups and, and Tony Hand was being noticed in training camp, uh, that's a hard one. Yeah, and just look at on that very same team um, in Victoria was a certain Ken Priestley, friend of the show, friend, friend of the show, show Ken yeah. Priestley, uh, yeah. and you know, agent to the devils. <laughs> um, One punch. He yeah. he played most of the season there and ended up with exactly the same points ratio as the you know, eight in three yeah. that Tony Hand, uh, and he went on to 168 yeah. league yeah, games Pittsburgh and, 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 yeah. and then playoff games and Stanley Cup yes. wins. So there's somebody that scored at that level. Yeah. Remember that was Han's first year. Where yeah. Your first year in junior, you normally you know start off down the lineup yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's it's the one question that you can never answer. It's you know, true. The, the what if, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, if he had carried on at anywhere near that pace in his first year and then stayed another year, then no doubt that he would have had a shot. Was that a big thing when you were coming through that old? Um, British Player of the Year Ice Hockey News Review thing that you've got the two weeks in Calgary because yeah, like, Chinny won it. It was an amazing prize. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was if, a huge thing. Yeah, if if ever they could bring something back from the past, that would be amazing. Just for somebody to get a shot, and that, maybe it's different now because you don't have the the sort of constant raft of youngsters coming through now. Mm. I mean, you think about every year you'd have to get a different youngster. Yeah. So, yeah, Chinny went out there, didn't he? And he did. got to skate with some. Yeah, world famous names and uh, Ian Cooper. Yep. You know what an opportunity to get to an NHL camp. You know, um, I mean they, they do have camps now, and people have gone across. I think Davy Phillips managed to go to Chicago yeah. camp one year, yeah. didn't he? And but yeah, having that carrot for for the young British player that, that would be amazing. Yeah. I always remember. I'll just throw a story about my dad, and this is because he was actually a really good guy and a, a really good player. This, but in in my dad, no, not yeah. my dad. He was, he was an awful player. <laughs> But it, I think um, Tony Hand had won Young British Player of the Year, then Ian Cooper won it, and then in 89, um, Ian Robertson of Fife won it. My dad just turned around to me and went, yeah, it's a slow year this year. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, there's Ian Robertson on the hate list. <laughs> yeah, I always liked it, Ian. <laughs> um, final bit on, uh, on this bit then, is Liam Kirk good enough? To make that next jump? I, I haven't seen enough of him recently, so I don't know. He seems to be putting up decent points. I think he's played a little bit of special teams. Um, he is. He's playing on their power play line, and I think a lot of his goals have come on the power play, which you could use as a negative to mm-hmm. say, you know, he's getting done on the power play, but that is, that's a job in itself. It if is. you can, you know, be a power play go-to guy, uh, and he's playing with some really good guys, from what I understand, some real prospects, and they've chosen to put him up with yeah. them, which is interesting. Um, last year, he took a while, not a while, but he, he took a few games to get going, and then he did start scoring regularly at pace, didn't he? You mm-hmm. know, he, he uh, and he ended up with a very respectable total for his first year um, across there, and then he just carried on this year, and like I say, he's, he's gone with some decent line mates uh, on special yeah. teams, which is brilliant. I heard in the last couple of weeks, he's out with an injury, broken knuckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he got hit with a shot from his own teammate. Yeah. Um, puts him out for a couple of weeks, which is a shame because he had real momentum. Yeah. You know, there was a big thing about he turned down the World Junior Championships yeah. for GB under twenties, which is probably the right move. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as it's amazing to play for your country, you know, this is a make or break it is. thing for him. So if he came away uh, from that, then you know he could have sort of stunted yeah. his development. It's just as, a shame, really, that the <laughs> politics of that makes people make that choice. 
Yeah. Because yeah. really, if you're going to have an international tournament, and that's one of the best junior leagues in the world, why are you yeah. playing fixtures? I guess he's it up going. He's he's probably going to go pool A this year to, yeah. to play for senior yeah. GB, and and if he can have an impact there, that probably does him more good than anything. So I'm I'm with Franny. I think probably made the right choice there. Yeah, and it's just like horrible luck that the time he would have missed on the yeah. GB trip, he's now missing that yeah. out to injury, which is you know no good. But uh, hopefully he gets back in the lineup quickly, and hopefully he jumps back onto that spot that he yeah. had and and gets the train rolling again. Absolutely, Rob Wilson is his coach. Yeah. Of course, yes. Rob Wilson, um, Paddy O'Connor as well. Is he? Yeah. Oh, is Paddy O'Connor involved there? Coach, yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. So that's good from Kirk's point of view because he's got some familiar faces yeah. that you know that are hopefully going to give him the confidence and the trust where you know so many other stories that I've heard of you know people trying to make it in yeah. countries that uh, in, in other countries and they're always the, the first excuse you're back down the lineup you know or you're out of yeah. the lineup or you're traded or whatever yeah. it is you know you think of Matthew Myers when he went to the east coast Ben Davis yeah. tried it over there he you know they were both playing better than some North American guys there but they were British so they were the easy were choice easy, yeah. so they didn't really have a fair crack of the whip but at least with Rob Wilson there you know I think he's going to judge him on on talent and give him a you know a fair yeah. standing with all the other guys I think just on that, guys, I'm talking about highlights of the year, and I know it was directly involved in the podcast. Um, listening to GB in, in not, you know, not always being uh, at home to watch them, have to do the day job occasionally. I remember <laughs> listening to the, the radio commentary of that game against France and, um, you know, being, uh, what, 3-0 down and, and taking that time out and just thinking, well, you know, obviously we're not scoring enough goals in this tournament. This, unfortunately, has been a brave effort, but it's not going to happen. I think listening to that dramatic comeback uh, in an old-fashioned way on the radio... And then uh, when Ben Davis scored that winning goal, I think, you know, that was pretty special. Just just to give UK ice hockey a bit of a, a shot in the arm. And uh, I look forward to seeing the guys play pool A again uh, this summer. Yeah, sorry to disappoint you, John, but I was actually uh, in a villa in Spain watching that on, a, on an iPad. Well, so while you were right slaving away... That's what a life of crime will get you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> my my memories are much more warm, much more boozed up. But, uh, and I was just so glad for Ben Davis to, to get that goal because he made one of those kind of what happened next plays in the first couple of shifts yeah. of the game where... Yeah. He thought he heard one of his teammates behind him, or thought he yeah. saw one behind him, and he made that drop pass on a breakaway. And yeah. you know, you wouldn't expect it to get many breakaways. So, anything he hasn't even got a shot away, he's no. made a drop pass, and it's great that he can laugh about yeah. it now. I would have hated for his sake, as you know, a good good friend of Ben's. Mm-hmm. I'd hated for his sake for us to have come away, lost the tournament, and I know that would have haunted yeah, him absolutely. forever. So yeah. the fact that he could. Yeah. have the last laugh was amazing and you know assist with from Jonathan Absolutely. Phillips as well who, who did yeah. you know a hell of a job there um, on a play that they do quite often in Sheffield the ice the puck John is such a fast skater uh, got there first made, you know yeah. was nearly fallen over wasn't he and he was got his balance back made the play right on the tape and and Ben finished it and it was amazing still don't understand what the second guy back for France was doing but... <laughs> <laughs> he oh. probably thought Ben was going to drop it didn't yeah. he yeah <laughs> And Ben looks better with, with without the hair now, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think that's by choice. I think that's uh, thinning out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think. I think... Are you announcing on podcasts as Ben Davis going bald? Sorry, Ben. <laughs> this know. is the male pattern bald podcast. <laughs> yeah, I I thought it was just a style choice, Ben. I thought you looked good, but yeah. have a look close up next time. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Davis thinning his mouth. Get all the exclusive. <laughs> Get all the exclusives here. Um. But he did shave it off for charity as well. He so did that tells it. you a lot about Ben Davis. Yes. And that uh, he's willing to go the whole season with that massive mop of hair just so he could shave it off for charity. Absolutely. It's Christmas time. There's no, no need to, to be, be afraid. afraid. Yeah, yeah go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but hockey doesn't stop around this time. There's still plenty of fixtures going on. Um, as we record this, it's the day before. Uh, the Devils are going to play the Giants in the second leg of the Challenge Cup and then there's a full weekend of fixtures and then we get Boxing Day which is always a delicious sporting day it is. leftovers, finish off a beer watch sport, that's my Boxing Day mm-hmm. I'm assuming gentlemen that's a, a Boxing Day are we away or at home on Boxing Day? Away. sorry this isn't for the podcast it's just I'm, I'm commentating for Cardiff City on Boxing Day so, I, we're, we're, so, to so we're home on the 27th 28th 28th 
28. 28. Yeah, yeah. the day off. The way the uh, fixtures fall this year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Sorry, I just saw on my diary as we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Freddie, you were, for many years, didn't get to enjoy a beer at Boxing Day. You'd be playing, or... Uh... He enjoyed a beer when he was on the bench <laughs> at Wembley. <laughs> like, he was a Saturday night with Gerard Adams. <laughs> Yeah, a bit different back Sneaky in my day. Saturday. Sneaky Saturday. Yeah. Well, this this Sneaky was the this was the lead up yeah. for the confession because yeah. I thought, well, see if we can get some guilt out of yeah. it. But Boxing Day games, something you look forward to as a player? No, because you uh, you don't really get to enjoy the Christmas time that everyone else is. Um, no, I do. I, I do. There's something about the sporting games on Boxing Day, and even the thought for the players initially is. That wish you didn't have them, so you could you know enjoy a, a Christmas and a, a few beers and stuff like that. I think once you're there, they were always like really good games. We don't sometimes in the football you see teams that yeah. it looks like they're mega hungover, but in the hockey they always seem to be mm-hmm. proper Boxing Day fixtures where everyone's fired up and uh, you know and they spill over into a to a few other yeah a few scraps and that, but. Um, you know, one of the things that I think it was maybe Paul Heavey introduced for the first time he did it in Cardiff was training Christmas Day. Um, so he made that, which was, you know, you can imagine quite an unpopular move, especially yeah. those that have got families. Mm-hmm. And, and back then it was a bit different because you think of the likes of, you know, Shannon and Doug and Mo and that, they, they lived sort of 20, 30 minutes out of town. Mm-hmm. They didn't live Cardiff Bay to yeah. Cardiff Bay Rink. So, you know, they had to leave their, mm-hmm. their Christmas come in practice um and, and uh, yeah it was it was probably towards their latter years it happened it didn't definitely didn't ha- happen under law there's mm-hmm. no way we probably we probably had a christmas eve scrimmage for beers because that, that was his go-to We'd bring in a couple of crates of beers yeah. winner gets the beers um and he, he would have done that and he would be the first one to open the beers see on news day and then obviously yeah the new breeder coach came in like heaves who we said yeah. was very studious and you know and introduced these practices on Christmas Day, but I actually enjoyed them. It was something, I don't know, I think we practiced probably about 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. so you'd have a chance to get up, you'd open your presents, you then have to do it right, nipping off to the rink, go down to the rink, and there's all the boys, and yeah. you know, they're like brothers to you anyway, mm-hmm. so you know, you see everyone, wish everyone a Merry Christmas, you go on the ice, and normally try and keep it very up-tempo and, and quick, and then, you know, off you go back, and, and you're ready for your big lunch then. Uh, so I actually didn't mind it. I could see why people aren't keen on it and, you know, maybe they get a bit of grief at home about the fact that they've got to go off. But, um, you know, it's it's a business. And yeah. at this time of the year, it's a really important, it's a crucial time of the year. We just mentioned our fixtures. We've got the 18th, we've got the 21st, 22nd, the 26th, 28th mm-hmm. and the 1st. That's a hell of a lot of fixtures and, you know, some key fixtures in that too. So the team needs to be as prepared as it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our team has always practiced Christmas Day. Um, Todd will go down there Christmas Day to show that he's not asking anyone to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. Yep. Uh, I used to go down Christmas Day, even though I was hardly ever at practice when mm-hmm. I was bench coach. I would go down on Christmas Day just to kind of, you know, yep. show I was willing to do it as well. Um, and, you know, we've, touch wood, had some you yeah. know, good results over, over Christmas and, uh, and that Christmas period. And then... You know, it can kickstart you into you know that sort of stretch coming into the new year. Any unusual problems over Christmas in terms of maybe guys getting homesick for families or anything? Did you notice anything like that? I, I guess the imports kind of look after each other, but did, did did things come up at Christmas that maybe didn't come up the rest of the time? Uh, no, I think one thing that's always struck me about the teams in Cardiff is the togetherness um, because you'll find you know they're all in a, a country where they haven't got their extended families. You know, some of them will have their you know, immediate families here, those that are married with kids, etc. Um, but they'll make a, a thing of it. So there'll probably be about two or three Christmas dinners going on where there'll be 12, 14 mm-hmm. people. And, you know, somebody will take great pride in doing the turkey and all the rest of it. So they're, you know, even though they spend every day with each other, they're over each other's houses for, for Christmas Day. Um, and, you know, again, it's that togetherness that's... Uh, that 
you know goes on through the year and it can carry on onto the ice but you see it at christmas where you know they're having their meal mm. uh, all together and then next day they're they're going to battle we're at gaz's this year aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah we are yeah yeah, yeah like <laughs> the extended family <laughs> yeah. podcast family we're coming back here we're gonna yeah. do a christmas day edition three o'clock <laughs> alternative queen speech yeah <laughs> um did you ever host christmas for anyone uh, the only person I ever hosted for Christmas was Ryan Finity. Oh. So if you remember when we brought him in, yes, I think we brought him in about the twenty first, twenty second of December. It was really clear. he was yeah. away playing in the Central League, maybe um, Bloomington. He was playing in the Central League, and we decided to make that change with Romfo going and mm-hmm. G going back to to D, and then Finna coming in. We needed a bit more grit and mm-hmm. someone to pull us together. Uh, and he got in on the 21st, and, or maybe even later, and staying in a hotel. And I just thought, that's, that's not a kind of place you want to really spend no. Christmas you know, on your own. And I was actually at my mum's uh, <laughs> for, Christmas, uh, for Christmas dinner. And we invited Finna and his partner at the time, and yeah. uh, they had Christmas Day with us, which was a little bit weird because they didn't know my mum yeah. and, and my family. <laughs> and they're there, but yeah, I mean, they had, they had Christmas Lovely. dinner. That's and, nice. Uh, and there we go. I was uh, expecting some story about Bob had killed the turkey with his bare hands and then finished (laughs) the whole thing to himself. I tell you one thing that we used to do. This was, so again, wouldn't happen modern day now, but I'm talking, you know, when Voth, um, Philo's there, that kind Mm of early BBT. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Uh, we used to have a massive Christmas Eve party. Yeah, it's all coming back now. <laughs> <laughs> massive Christmas, and it was usually hosted at Vata's house. Yeah. And it would be your, your kind of classic thing where you know, the host makes a few dishes yeah. or whatever, and everybody brings their speciality, and there's loads of food in there. Yeah. You bring beers. And Philo's Air uh, family do this thing, beers around the world. Okay. So they have the webcam set up yeah. in the room and like, you know, his family is back in Detroit and he was obviously in Cardiff and then there was other ones in other parts of America and maybe some other people in, yeah. in Europe. And they have like beers from all different uh, countries and uh, like every sort of half an hour, you'll go up to the webcam and someone will say, right, I've got a beer here from, uh, I've got a brains beer here because here we are in Cardiff. And so we all became part of Philo's Air's family. And we, <laughs> we, got, we got involved in beers around the world. So, That's nice. Yeah. That's so I spent idea. many a Christmas Eve with, uh, with Philo's Air's family on the, web, <laughs> the webcast. So speaking to aunties, uncles and uh, mum and dad and everything, yeah. If, if Rick Rabant's struggling for anything to do this Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Eve, yeah. there's always a place at my table. Yeah. <laughs> well, your wife certainly is going to let you go to where she's going for Christmas dinner <laughs> when she hears these podcasts. Because, yeah. uh, by the way, that's what I've got this year. <laughs> a compilation of John's best bits on the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm just struck as well that this podcast has got Franny mainly talking to people through webcams and FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no actual real interaction. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the idea of your mum talking to Ryan Finnerty. Yeah, 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 making small talk with Ryan Finnerty. What do you do, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> I know. It was bizarre. Do you want sprouts, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. You're a sprout guy or not? <laughs> um, we were talking, and this has got to end up in another Corey Nielsen bashing, isn't it? But <laughs> we were talking as well um, off air about um, Nottingham once let everyone go home. I think they used to do it on a regular basis. So oh, really? where we've always been, you know, strict in terms—not we've always been strict. So I just told the beers around the world. <laughs> but in the the latter days, so so the new era um, about our guys, you know, they even they don't have a Christmas party, uh, like a a works party, mm-hmm. if you like. Todd always says, "Look, if you give me hundred percent, and you know, you lay off the beers over the Christmas period." I'll do something for you in January, mm-hmm. you know, when it quietens down a little bit. So, um, and, and, you know, the guys have, have always done that. Uh, but Nottingham did the other thing where I think he wanted to sort of try and keep everybody happy and give people what they wanted. So he gave, between, I'm sure it was like the Boxing Day fixtures and, you know, we didn't used to play over New Year. That's a quite a yeah. new thing, isn't it? Like the New Year's Eve, New Year's Day yeah. thing. Like, that's not that... Um, that's not that recent and uh yeah he used to let that if they had sort of five days off or something he would let those people fly home for christmas yeah and they they were always like leading the charge and everyone's like right it's not them's year it's not them's year 
and then they'd come back from that and they'd have a stinker on that weekend and that would just get them on a, a run of bad form then. And, you know, I remember, you know, reading stuff from the fans going nuts about, because they knew that they'd gone home. Yeah. And, you know, they could see the guys had uh, belly fulls of turkey and, uh, and that, and, you know, weren't in anywhere near playing yeah. their best when it came to the return fixtures. John, any uh, favourite Boxing Day festive period game memories? Um, and I attacked. I mean, the, the Coventry rivalry always used to be pretty good. I I remember um, Super League year. It was away from home, but the the Sheffield game where Steve Horton, Thornton, Steve Horton, Steve Thornton had just uh, come in. He scored yeah. a hat trick, including one in 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 overtime. So that was that was pretty cool on uh, on Boxing Day. Um, Boxing Day is like my my favourite day of the year. You know, it's. it's <laughs> Cold meat, chips, and pickles, and you know, a football game and a nice Steve Thornton hat trick. Steve Thornton hat trick, even more special that his family is from his Sheffield. His family is from so he's Sheffield. He's got a British passport. Yeah. His family yeah. are in Sheffield. They were all at the games. Yeah. His first game for us, and then yeah. he blows them away with a hat trick. And he's another player, similar to the David Clark theme. When you talk about Devil's Grace, and I don't know why, but in terms of actual you know, skill and, and, and what he did, and, and you know, I don't. Franny's opinion on this, having having played with him a little bit, I think Steve Thornton never gets brought up enough in conversations. He, mm-hmm. I, I thought, as a swinger, as a centre, his his stick handling. You've said before, Franny always looked maybe a little awkward. awkward style, yeah, um, but so effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and some of the goals I score, saw him score, and you know he he take a hit and he get back up, and um, you know I know he's at one of the enemies now, but. Um, Gaz, you and I have dealt with him since since he's become sort of the, the GM yeah. at Belfast. Always got time for people. Um, so yeah, always always got a lot of kind of um, devil's affection for Steve yeah, Thornton. Yeah, very approachable. Very that's, approachable. That's a big thing sometimes. Yeah, him and Brooksy. Brooksy's always great yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Two, two good guys there, even if they get taunted for <laughs> 1,000 euro fines. <laughs> <laughs> Again, by a FaceTime. <laughs> 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 be banned from that format yeah. by the end yeah. of the <laughs> Okay, gentlemen, that I think brings a close to our little reunion, retrospective, all of those things, and uh, that little look at the Christmas period as well. Uh, my thanks to you for finally giving in to my pestering to do this little project. <laughs> no. It was uh, an idea I'd had for some time, and uh, it took me a while to finally kind of pull the trigger and, and get you, uh, bug you to, to turn up every couple of weeks and uh, now uh i was signed up it was the diva over here who, had, who, who demanded his name on the podcast <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I was just holding firm on that point in the contract <laughs> lengthy, we thought it was a belfast podcast he, did, yeah. <laughs> he eventually swapped but yeah in the new year we've got a, a lot more topics coming in we've got to do a voth episode because there's so much on yeah, that yeah i want to do some first, guests as well yeah first year of the tent i want to get hendo Love to get Matthew Myers yeah. on for his testimonial right. year yeah. for, for a few. Uh, sure, he's got a few Nottingham stories he can That's tell. Right. And I asked <laughs> you on the weekend, guys, with with permission, whether it's it's the thirtieth anniversary of my favourite moment as a Devils fan, the Wembley uh, shootout. I can't believe thirty years have gone by. So um, I'd love to do you know a little bit more of a yeah, a yeah. dive into that one. We've uh, hopefully uh, I believe the Coopers listen or at least one of them. I, Ian has been kind enough to say he's listened in and uh, yeah, twisting his arm in negotiations at the moment. He he mentioned that he uh, might come on and uh, help us, uh, you know, um, uh, recall that uh, that Wembley. Uh, you know, no no disrespect to him and his brother. They were the only two that missed the penalty shots. But uh, <laughs> no, it'd be great to have Ian on. Also, they'd have uh, different stories because they stayed at a different hotel that Frank yes. and Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. They actually had a curfew. Yeah. <laughs> we got some sleep that night. <laughs> but thank you as well for listening and all of your sp- support over the past 12 months. As I said, we'll have lots more in the new year. A lot more stories, a lot more characters, a lot more guests. So the best is yet to come. But for now, on behalf of John Donovan, uh, thank you, guys. Happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas to everyone who's listening. Uh, Mr. Neil Francis. Cheers, guys, and happy first birthday to us. Happy first birthday <laughs> to us. Yeah. I'll drink to that. I've been uh, Gareth Hewish, and uh, use Brass Bonanza because that will never leave.